0: So we turn this week to the second book of Torah, Shemot, the book of Exodus. Um, and it's our first introduction to Moses, who not only takes center stage, of course, with God, through books two, three, four, and five, through the rest of Torah. Uh, And he is considered to this day Moses, the greatest of all Israelite prophets. And I would argue that all the traits which make Moses God's choice to liberate the Israelites from 400 years of slavery in Egypt and lead them to the brink of the promised land, those traits Come from five women who we meet in this week's Torah portion. They are perhaps the real heroines of the book of Exodus, and they are, let's meet them, Shifra and Pua, Yocheved and Miriam, and Pharaoh's daughter. The first two women we meet um, appear in eight brief verses. Uh, but the rest of the biblical story depends upon their courage. We know their names mentioned but once, Shifra and Pua. Uh, we know that they are they are midwives. But the Hebrew is not clear whether the midwives are Hebrew or Egyptian midwives to Hebrew women. Some of the rabbinic commentary uh, insist that they are Hebrew women. And other commentators, which I personally find a little more compelling, um, are certain that these midwives are Egyptian women helping Hebrew women give birth. What is clear is Pharaoh's decree Pertains directly to Shifra and Pua. The text says, when you deliver the Hebrew women, look at their birthstool. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. The decree is unambiguous, delivered by the most powerful man in all of Egypt, believed to be a God himself. But these two midwives, acting in solidarity, defy Pharaoh's directive and let the boys live, including Moses. Their actions beg the question, why? In the face of severe punishment and possible death, for disobeying Pharaoh, why did these women take such a risk? And the answer is given within the text, saying, et velo The midwives, fearing God did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. What is this concept of fearing God? Our instincts as moderns is to repel the idea of obedience or action out of fear. The idea that if we don't do as some authoritative voice calls us to do, we will be punished. On the contrary, in the case of Shifra and Puah, they were rebelling against the authoritative voice of Pharaoh out of an obligation they could only have sensed in their soul. They understood, these two women, that the ultimate voice of authority was some divine resonance which vibrated within their souls. There is no explicit counter instruction from God for these midwives to have disregarded Pharaoh's order. Even if these were Hebrew midwives, it's too early in our biblical story to know the commandments at Mount Sinai, the commandments that say, you shall not murder. The midwives didn't need to read from a tablet soon to come down the mountain by Moses that said, don't murder. Their courage to stand up at a great risk to themselves came from an inner strength, vatirena et Elohim, God-fearing strength. And perhaps the ambiguity, whether these are Jewish women or not, is intentional. After all, fear of God, a moral compass, your conscience, call it what you may, none are exclusive to the Jewish people, but certainly exclusive to humanity. If, as the Nobel prize-winning poet, Shizla Misha wrote, if we put aside our humanity, we realize that the world is neither good or bad. Let me read that again. If we put aside our humanity, we realize that the world is neither good or bad. It just is. What Torah teaches us, as Jews and non-Jews, is that we must stand for goodness in the world. For in its absence, the void is not filled by neutrality. It's filled with ugliness. Shifra and Pua are first role models of civil disobedience are great ambassadors for humanity. And we will come to learn that Pharaoh doesn't give up easily. After his unsuccessful strategy with the midwives, Pharaoh decrees that all male babies must be thrown into the Nile. Defiantly, the Hebrew woman, Yocheved, gives birth to a son, and hides him for three months. When hiding the infant is no longer possible, she places the baby in a basket, a teva. It's the same Hebrew word used for the ark that Noah builds, and takes him to the river's edge. After placing the basket into the river, the baby sister, whom we assume to be Miriam, watches at a distance to see what will happen. Following Shifra and Pua, the next bold women who defy Pharaoh are none less than Moses' mother and sister. The table is now set for the final heroine, of our Torah portion. As Miriam watches to see what will happen to her baby brother, who should come to bathe in the Nile but Pharaoh's daughter, Bat Paro. She sees the infant floating in the river. She hears him cry, even as she realizes that the baby, and the text says, that the baby must be a Hebrew child, she decides to adopt him. Pharaoh's daughter takes the boy as her own son and gives him the name Moshe, explaining, I drew him out of the water. Think for a moment about this astounding act. By this nameless woman, known only as Bat Paro, Pharaoh's daughter, She defies her father's decree. She sees and hears the plight of this infant. She chooses not to turn away at this moment of decision. Rather, she rises to an occasion that she seems to stumble upon by chance. The actions of this woman of Egyptian royalty The rescue of this one baby leads to the downfall of the entire Egyptian system of slavery. The Torah raises up Moses as the greatest of all prophets, but if not, for the compassion and courage of this nameless non-Jew, there is no exodus. There is no receiving Torah at Sinai. There is no return to the land of Israel. If not for Pharaoh's daughter, our story ends as slaves in Egypt. And Jewish tradition recognizes the central role played by Pharaoh's daughter and insists on giving her a name. The rabbis bestow upon this non-Jewish woman the most revered name. She goes from Bat-Paro, the daughter of Pharaoh, to Bat-Yah, the daughter of God. None of these women could have imagined the consequences of their actions in shaping the course of civilization. They were driven not by the prospect of fame and fortune, but by the conviction to follow their moral compass. As we look into the year 2022, one week from tonight, how will our actions reflect this idea of the fear of God? How will we follow our moral compass? God hears the cries of the Israelites suffering under the burden of slavery only, only after the bold steps taken by Shifra and Pua, Yocheved and Miriam, and Pharaoh's daughter, Bat-Yah, May we be inspired as the Reform Women's Commentary concludes by this conspiracy of enterprising women who collaborate with each other across ethnic, class, and religious lines. As we collaborate together, Jews and non-Jews, to step forward in our generation. Osei Shalom Bimromav. God takes care of creating peace in the high heavens and created us as partners to bring down peace on earth. We have never been needed more.